Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Howdy, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. That's Woody. I'm Buzz. Welcome. You've got a friend in me. Did you watch that uh, that Toy Story presentation I of the saw football game? Clips of it. It didn't appeal to it me. It was awful. Yeah. I watched. I didn't watch it live. I watched some of it on Disney Plus, and it was it was terrible. Yeah, it did not appeal to me. Categorically bad. Just saying. Yeah. Well, if you watched you, it and you liked it, good on you. Well, no, I, I we need to talk. Okay, you need to come in and meet with Pastor Rod. I'll meet with Pastor PJ first. Talk to him. No, I I'm fine <laughs> if they liked it. They can be wrong. I'm fine with that. All right. All right. Yeah. Hey, it's uh, Thursday. Happy Thursday to to Thursday. Yeah, the English language is weird. Have you ever seen those like reels on Instagram where the guy's trying to explain the English language to himself because he's playing both roles and he's like, "Oh, I know yes. what that word is," and he mispronounces it. And I he's love like, "No, that guy. so funny." Yeah, he, he acknowledges and highlights all the weird idiosyncrasies of English, and there there's plenty of them. I've heard it's the hardest language to learn. I understand that. The yeah. more he highlights those things, the more I'm like, "How oh, is this? How do you how do you know?" Yeah. Yeah, I'm thankful that I was born here and, and just raised speaking it so that I didn't have to learn it. Yeah, well... I mean, I guess I did. Isn't that fascinating, though? Like, we don't teach our kids grammar, and yet they grow up in something just about the way that God designs them and has created them. They're able to, to put the, the subject and the verb and the object in the right place just by listening to people talk. The brain is fascinating. It's amazing. God knows what he's doing. It's amazing. And it's not just this product of like, hey, you used to be a monkey. Or as Frank Turek says, from the goo to the zoo to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that, man. Like this is a finely tuned machine that God designed and created and he's given it to us to, to use it for uh, its maximum capacity and ability, which that's fascinating too, to think about how little percentage of our brain we actually use right now because of the fall. Or use well. Or use well. I think, yeah, I think there's different studies that suggest we do use all of our brain. We just don't maybe use it to its maximum efficiency, right. perhaps. Maybe landscape, we use it all. But yeah, what percentage? I've, like, I've heard 10%. I've heard that number thrown out there. I don't know if that's legitimate or not. I think that is. But uh, I think that's been pretty much refuted now. But I but it's I think there is something, the, no, the noetic effect yeah. of the fall on our brains or thinking. Yeah. The sinful the sinful aspects of our fallen nature. I think, yeah, even the degradation of our brains as we as we age. Yeah. I think that's an effect of the fall. Yeah. Like, did you ever see that movie Limitless? Yes. Bradley Cooper. I was inspired by that. Yeah. I mean, to take drugs so that you yes. can use more of your brain. <laughs> I, I called every drug dealer I knew. Do you have that? And after calling zero people, I'm still here. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad you called zero. Yeah, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing to think what it's going to be like in the new heavens and the new earth when we exist without any of those limitations, which we talked about a little bit yesterday. But hey, we are here to talk about Isaiah and uh, also the Philippines. The Philippines? The Philippines. I don't think they're the same people. The Philippines? Yeah. Philippines. Philippines. They would take issue with that. They probably would. Hey, we're here to talk about the Bible, though. So take them if you've got them and open up to Isaiah chapter 31. 31. 31 here. We've got him dealing with Egypt again. And there's a woe here this time. Is whoa. Woe instead of an ah. Yeah, whoa. Same, again, same word. Similar but there's concept. A little, there's a little number there next to your ESV that says, or ah. Or ah. <laughs> Either one could be, whoa, could be uh, uh, Yeah. But again, it's uh, it's warning 
Judah against going to Egypt for help. And so at the end of the day, if there's one thing that Judah could not do is they could not look at God and say, you didn't tell us, you didn't warn us. We didn't know. Right. I mean, God has made that abundantly clear. And that's his point in Revel- in Romans chapter one regarding all of creation. Mm-hmm. Nobody, regardless of, of having a prophet stand in front of them and say, don't go down to Egypt. Nobody's going to be able to look at God and say, we didn't know. It's yeah. not my fault because creation testifies to the existence of God. We, even what we were just talking about, the human brain, right? Yeah. Like the, the, the concept of if you really give yourself over to look at the fine-tuned nature of the human brain or the precision of the force of gravity on earth that we're not crushed under the weight of our own bodies or that we don't float off into the atmosphere because be a bad day i mean the the tilt everything is so fine-tuned and precise that we're left to conclude this world has been created and designed and therefore we must ask the question well then am I accountable to that creator? And that's, that's, that what is what Paul I think is getting at in Romans one, but, but here specifically is Judah, like don't go to Egypt. Don't go down there. Woe to you. Cursed are you. Damned are you. If you go to Egypt, don't do it. You cussing on our podcast, bro. Well, we now have to do a PG 30 (laughs) podcast. Great. It's an E next to our podcast today. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's what that word means. It carries that weight of eternal, eternal judgment. Um, and, and the reason is, is because of what he says there in, in the rest of chapter one or verse one, because you do not look to the Holy One of Israel or consult the Lord. Hey, you're, you're putting your trust and your confidence somewhere else other than God and God saying, I'm not going to have it. I don't want it. And this is not right. And you shouldn't do that. I think you should probably notice that too in your own life. I think even as Christians, we look at Israel and say, or, or uh, Judah and say, well, what's wrong with these guys? Yeah. What's wrong with these turkeys? We are the oh, turkeys. Come right? on, we're the same people. We're, we're made of the same kind of stuff that they were. And even though we have the spirit of God within us and, and praise God for that, that does change things. But it doesn't override human nature. Our tendency right. is still to always go back to our old vestiges of trust and of help and of hope. It is a constant battle for everybody, uh, Jew, Gentile, Christians, to keep their attention fixed and focused on Christ. You can't take that for granted. For and, sure. And it doesn't happen by itself. It's not going to be one day you suddenly zapped with holiness because God decided to do that. No, we labor toward faithfulness toward Christ. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes on here to talk about, again, the the, the script flips and th- there's the positive side of things in four and five, the Lord is going to end up fighting for Judah. And this is again in the future. And he says something interesting in verse five that my time in, in uh, Arizona, when I lived there, it really helped me understand this when he said like birds hovering. So the Lord of hosts will protect Jerusalem. I remember my family and I were sitting in our house one uh, like Saturday morning and all of a sudden we heard the the loudest racket from birds that I've ever heard before. And I went and looked out our our front door and they were on the ground and they were like hopping in a circle and their wings were out and they were just, they were mad. I was going, what's going on? I opened my door and there was like a four or five foot rat snake that was on the ground crawling along my garage and the birds were having none of it. And so they were mad at that snake. They're protecting your home. Yeah. Yeah, a couple didn't. Well, they're protecting their their home, okay. <laughs> not mine. They and the th- then, like a week later, I was leaving to go to, on my way to work, and I came up, and there were like four or five birds on the road, and they were they were doing the same thing. They were hopping, and there was a rattlesnake that oh. was on the road, and these birds were trying to get the rattlesnake out of there. So they were chirping and screaming, and and so this concept here of of the Lord hovering like birds over Jerusalem, that protective nature that the Lord has over His people there, that He doesn't want any ill or or harm to befall them. What a cool image! Yeah. 
He will protect, he will deliver, he will spare, he will rescue. And so again, it's that, that future hope. Um, he's, he, look at verse eight. Here's the thing, the, the, the present enemy, Assyria, because remember, that's what's still going on. And that's why Judah was tempted to, to look down to Jerusalem or to Egypt. The present enemy, Assyria, would be defeated. They would, be, they would fall by a sword, but notice the, the line there, not of man. So there's going to be a, a defeat that's dealt to Assyria, but it's not going to come from any human army. There's going to be a t- defeat that's going to come to Assyria that's that's from the Lord, and Judah needs to trust in him and not in Egypt. That's exciting. 32. 32, a king will reign in righteousness. Ooh, I wonder who this is. I wonder who it is. Behold, a king will reign in righteousness. Princes will rule in justice. This is the the messiah this is a a anticipation this whole chapter looks forward to the coming of the messiah well not the whole chapter but the the millennial kingdom and it addresses some of what we just talked about i think in verse nine because there are women who are at ease and complacent daughters he's addressing some that are that are are not in in line so to speak that are not following after the this messiah who will rule and he's warning them in that context there in chapter 32 right Man, I'm tired, dude. I'm sorry. I'm trying so hard over here. Guys, if you're on listening to this podcast, just pray for me right now. I could use this energy. Okay, let's back up. Verse six. For the fool speak folly, and his heart is busy with iniquity to practice ungodliness, to utter error concerning the Lord, to leave craving of the hungry unsatisfied. The scoundrel, his devices are evil. Verse seven. But he whose noble plans, noble things, and noble things he stands. Rise up, you women who are at ease. Hear my voice, you complacent daughters. Give ear to my speech. These are the women who are listening to the fools and the scoundrels. And so Isaiah is confronting them here and saying, you've got to, to, to leave off following such foolishness. Um, because the, the the Lord is the king that you should turn to. The Lord is the one uh, who will give you the, the knowledge that you need. Um, and so the, the, verse 32 is that anticipation, that future hope in a future deliverance that God would provide. Uh, verse 18, again, that, that hopeful line here in verse 32, chapter 32, verse 18, my people will abide in a peaceful habitation in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places. And so that anticipation towards the, the, the future redemption that God will provide. So again, we see yet again, God, saying, look, I have a sovereign hand that's going to ensure that certain ends happen. But at the same time, those ends have means. We, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to someone today, actually, um, as we report, record this podcast, and we were talking about the nature, the interplay between man's choices and God's sovereignty. Um, man's choices and can sometimes feel like they don't matter because God's sovereignty ensures that the ends occur. And I, I would say yes, but no, God's sovereignty definitely is the, is the one that in, that ensures all things, but he doesn't do it apart from the means of our deliberate, thoughtful agency. We, we do choose. They're real choices. Um, God accomplishes his sovereign ends through the real choices that he allows for us to choose. That is, we choose what we want, and therefore our choices do matter. So he's begging with these girls, please don't do this. Don't act like this. Follow the Lord. Serve the Lord. Surrender to the Lord. So recognize yourself in these passages. Don't, don't just look at Israel again and say, well, why don't you guys do that? No, look at yourself. Where do you see compromise in your life? Where do you see yourself going astray in your time in the morning or in your afternoon as you think about the way that you work or the people that you interact with. Don't look at Israel and say, shame on you. You should have done different. You should have been better. Look at yourself and realize that there's areas where no doubt you need to correct. Yeah. Helpful application for us for sure. Chapter 33 is correct. Chapter 33. Yeah, sorry. Something popped up on the uh, recording device there. I wanted to make sure that we weren't 
uh, pulling the e-brake on things. Chapter 33. Uh, 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 destroyer. Destroyer. Is Whoa. It, uh, or, uh, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Refreshing. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Uh, Whoa, you destroyer. Ah, you destroy you traitor. Again, is this Assyria? Yes. Could this be any en- enemy of Israel? Y- yes, really. I mean, it could be. Um, <laughs> Who is it, Pastor PJ? Is it Assyria or any enemy? Yes. 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 There you go. I, you really like doing that, don't you? What? Creating those double uh, situations. Oh, yeah, totally. That's all me. Uh, but this prayer from the prophet, oh Lord, be gracious to me. Uh, be our arm every morning, our salvation in time of trouble. The Lord is exalted. Verse five. By the way, are we going to sing that song? We talked about that last last week. The he Lord is exalted. Is exalted on high. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that already. Yeah. I'm still trying to work in Psalm eight. Okay. Well. I have to go get the charts on that. Yeah. I have to buy the charts. Um. But yeah, so th- this is a plea. But here's something of note that I found interesting here. So if you flip over, well, so flip, look at page 760 Scroll in your Bible. down to. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 14, the sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling has seized the godless. So they're witnessing the judgment on Assyria and they're, they're, they're terrified. They're frightened that it, it, it's coming for them next. And they ask this question, who can dwell among the consuming fire? Who among us can dwell with the everlasting burnings? The, the image there is of the altar and the, the, the offering on the altar was, was a continual offering of a burnt offering there. Mm-hmm. And so that the, the concept is who can be in the presence of the holiness of God. Think of Isaiah six here. And that's the question. And then Isaiah answers it in verses 15 and 16. He walks righteously, speaks uprightly, despises gain of oppressions. You remember back in Psalm 15, it's been a long time since we covered Psalm 15. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But the question is who can sojourn, who can dwell on your holy hill? I was a younger man then. Yeah. And less tired. (laughs) (laughs) But the question is, hey, who can approach the Lord? And David lists off, you know, these are the things that he has clean hands and upright heart, so forth and so on. It's a similar concept here that that Isaiah is answering the question to, to these who are wicked. They're asking, man, who can stand before the Lord? And he's saying, look, only these people can stand before the Lord. And and to your point, Pastor Rod, as you've been saying, we need to see ourselves here. We need to see ourselves here too and realize we should ask the same question, uh, aware of God's great mercy and grace in our lives to say, man, how can I stand before the Lord? How can I pray to God? How can I bring my offering to the Lord? I, I can't in my own merit, but God through Christ has enabled me to, to draw near to him, which is what Hebrews talks about, that, that the uh, the curtain is removed and now we can come boldly before the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. Indeed. And just as God sovereignly ordains our justification, he also sovereignly ordains our sanctification. Yep. He desires that we become more and more like this. Yep. So by God's grace, we can actually do what God calls us to do because we have a spirit within us. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, verse 17, your eyes will behold the king and his beauty. That's hey, that's, cool. that's, that's true for you and I too. You that's and right. me also, not just you and I, Y'all but and also me. you and me. Y'all and myself. <laughs> yeah. No, that is, that is true for us. We will see Christ in his beauty. Um, the land that stretches afar. Just so cool. So cool. That's that, like the mercy me song. What will my heart feel? Oh yeah. Hands yeah. for you, Jesus. I can only eat margarine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Lord will be in majesty. The Lord in majesty will be for us, a place of broad rivers and streams where no galley with no oars can go. The Lord is our judge, our lawgiver. He's our king. He will save us. Just a cool, cool picture of the eternal king that we will get to be in his presence someday, which is awesome. Awesome to think about. It's real. Real. Yeah. Sometimes it can, yeah, it's real. It's coming. It's tangible. The We're, day is on his calendar. That's right. Yeah. Not mine. I checked. It's I, not there. I looked. I don't know. If it yeah. was on your calendar, we'd have some problems. Dude, it's because it's in Ephesians 7. Mm. 
which we don't have. So we're going to turn to Philippians chapter one because Philippians one is what comes after Ephesians six and, and seven. Some Bibles. <laughs> hey, uh, turn to Philippians chapter one. Now, I'm sorry. We're unhinged today. I'm unhinged. I feel it. Just please. Thank you. Show us grace. <laughs> Here we go. Philippians one. Hey, Philippians this is a is letter a written by Paul to the church at Philippi written from prison. And uh, Philippians one is, is just uh, very, very cool. Is Timothy in prison with Paul? Is that why he's in the front of this letter here? Is that what you think? No, I think this is their writing together to a church where they both had a, a common relationship with the, the church there. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, a, Hey, we are writing this to you. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Hey, chapter one, though, you may be familiar with uh, or quite a bit of chapter one, but one verse I want to call your attention to when it says that the Lord will, he who began a good work and you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus. You may have heard that as a line from for eternal security. Um, I, I do believe in eternal security. I believe the Bible teaches about eternal security. I think Ephesians one with being sealed by the promised Holy Spirit. I think first Peter one, where we are being guarded by God's power for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I think those passages teach eternal security. I don't think Paul's talking about eternal security here in Philippians chapter one. Based on what exegetical criteria? So help us wrap our minds around that. Based on verse five context, right? Oh. So in verse five, he is in this opening, he's thanking the Lord for their partnership with him in the gospel from the first day until now. In other words, financially supporting him. Yeah. Financially supporting him, even potentially, you know, they're the concept of their ministry that they're doing work alongside as well. Yeah. So he's grateful for that. And he then is confident that he who began that good work in them, that support, that financial contribution, the, the, the partnership in the gospel, that work will be brought to completion at the day of the Lord Jesus. So this is not about the work that he began in us when he saved us. This is about the work that this was, this particular local church was doing to support Paul, that he was confident that God was going to bring that work to fulfillment. Right. And, and I think that, so don't hope you're not getting shake, shaken up about that. I don't think you need to. There's other passages that we could utilize that would help us to establish the eternal security of the saints. But just notice you look at the beginning of verse six, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work and you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. Uh, it's it, it doesn't make sense to suggest that it means you're always going to be a Christian. Right. Um, in, in, in where it is within the paragraph that Paul is writing here. Right. Right. Uh, more verses that uh, that we know from this. Verse 12 is, is just always convicting and humbling to me when he says, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm thankful that what's happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. I mean, Paul's in jail here. He's even going to say later on, he says, I, I don't know if I'm going to live or die. I'm pretty confident I'm going to live, but death is on the table. Yeah. And he's like, but I'm thankful for it because it served to advance the gospel because, hey, I've been sharing the gospel with people. And now the whole Imperial Guard, Caesar's Navy SEALs, they know the gospel now mm. because I've been chained up with them and I've been talking to them Maybe about some it. some of them got saved. Yeah, which is so cool. That so crazy? cool. And then he has that interesting thing where he says, you know, some people are preaching Christ out there out of selfish ambition. They've heard about Paul and Paul's got a name for himself and they're thinking, well, I want to be the next Paul. And so they're out preaching the gospel out of selfish ambition. Others, he says, out of goodwill. And and here's the heart of Paul. Again, he says, fine, be what it be it what it is. If the gospel is pure and it's going out, praise God. Yes, yeah, so we're not God. talking about a false gospel here. No, we're, we're talking not about saying the, if you're a right false gospel. teacher, right? He, this is so. Just to be clear, we're talking about a true gospel with poor motives. Right. Paul's saying, I, I'm okay if they're trying to hurt me as long as they're preaching Christ. Yeah, cut it straight, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets into that famous passage where he says, look, I, I don't know what's going to happen to me, but here's what I do know. I, I know, I know that for me, life is equals Christ mm-hmm. to, to live is Christ to die is gain is gain because you get to go be with Jesus mm-hmm. to live as Christ means man, every day that you live is about Jesus. And so think about your workplace. It's about Christ. Think about your family. It's about Christ. Think about your neighborhood. It's about Christ. Your, your commute to work is about Christ. 
everything about our lives is to exalt Christ, right? And so we are to, to make him known, to know him and to make him known. That's our goal here on earth. Gain is death because we get to go be with him. And that's, that's why it's better. And that's why Paul says, man, to depart and be with Christ is far better. Man, it, that, that's such a, a, a convicting thought as well. Cause there's times that I think to myself, man, Jesus, I want you to come back, but I'd really love to see my daughter grow up and get married. I'd really love to see my kids graduate. I'd love to see all my kids saved, right? There are things that we think about or when I was a younger man, I, yeah, Jesus come back, but first I want to get my license or I want to graduate high school. I want to get married. And I think that's, that betrays the fact that we don't believe what Paul says here, which is uh, that it's, it's better for us to be with Christ than anything else here on this earth, anything else. And it's because of this incredible promise of eternity with Christ that Paul goes on in verse 27 to say, Hey, because of these incredible, incredibly great things, let the manner of your life be worthy of the gospel. That's a really great question. Is my life worthy of the gospel? Mm. Does my, does my, is my parenting, is my husbandry, is my working evidenced that I, I love Christ most? And then is that, is that worthy of him? Is my labor worthy of Christ? That's a really good question to ask. Maybe some, some helpful introspective time as you spend time maybe journaling this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for joining in for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We're grateful that we just made it through these two episodes. Thank you for dealing with our unhinged pod, the most unhinged podcast to date. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow and we'll be better tomorrow. <laughs> I sure hope we will be. Lord willing. And hopefully you'll be back with us tomorrow. Unless for another Jesus episode. comes back. True. Of the Daily Bible Podcast. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.